Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Thanks for having me. Just wrapped up seven hours of press for the new album. I'm like, eyeballs are like, <sighs> wow. <laughs> and then so, on to your own thing. Maybe a little loopy today, but I feel like I'm, you know, I feel like I'm here. No, that's all good. I feel yeah. it. Um, <laughs> you ready to go? It's Adam Warren, right? Yeah. Yeah. What is, what is Adam on earth? Uh, Adam on earth is like my, my, like, like landing brand for like my, my profiles for like my Twitch, my YouTube and pretty much everything is Adam on earth. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure that I had it all right. Yeah. All right. Adam Warren, how you doing, ma'am? I'm good. Thanks for having me. What, what is, what, what, uh, space headquarters are we at right now? I like your <laughs> This is uh this is the transition from being a video game collector for seven years into true adulthood. So it's a condensed now stream stream studio. Awesome. No, I like <laughs> yeah. it. This is where you Thanks. do all your like vocal stuff too, right? Yeah, just right from here, right there, the streaming, everything. Dude, I gotta say, you're you become kind of a bit of an Instagram reels uh superstar here lately. Like your fucking videos like blew the fuck brent smith from shinedown shared your video (laughs) yeah that was fucking rad I didn't even know about that for maybe a, a week or so. And someone brought it up when I was streaming and I was like, what are you talking about? And they showed me the whole thing. And I was like, what? You know, like they caught my reaction on stream. I was like, what the fuck? But awesome. And always, you know, grateful for anyone that's just vibing on what I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, I saw, I saw your one. I'm not even sure what the song that was like over and over. Zip time. Ah. You know, like I was like, <laughs> holy fucking shit dude it was fucking savagery oh thanks you'll what be happy it? to know we're doing a we're doing a song so that was actually not um that was nothing um so my pal logan young um he's in a band called i the breather he just did that and we just i just took it and collabed with him and from that people were seemed to like it and he's just like we're doing it as a song and i'm like okay so we're actually working on a full version of that now oh rad awesome yeah so that was just like what he just put that as the reel and you just duetted with him. Yeah, I think I found I saw him do it on TikTok and I was like, this is too heavy to not have vocals on. So and I just late night dug in like I usually do. And that's what came out. 
That's that's badass. But isn't that cool about something like like the way things are now, like in the last year, especially with TikTok blowing up, like that you can do a collaborative post with another musician on social media? Yeah, it's it, it gives me a, a better days of MySpace kind of vibe where it's just, music is is now so effervescent in in content creation again and. I've met so many people. It's made music way more fun than. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I've noticed you've taken a very, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you're just coming back. I felt like you guys came back at the end of 2019, but you seem like you just coming back into like going for the social media. Like you're doing a lot of the YouTube posts now and you're kind of like doing little 10 minute clips where you're talking to people and going, Hey, this is where the band has been and this is how i got into the band or you know heavy metal or whatever it was so yeah it's like you're getting going for it oh yeah yeah I th the pandemic and all that shut down shit really uh it was a lot of learning a lot of growing you know in myself and also realizing that you know the one thing that's always been there for me through all the you know the x's the the, the you know the the sadness and stuff music you know even through all that you know i took a real long break away from really diving into music and my band and seeing seeing that things are at least lightening up a little bit it was like that's the only thing that's still with me even when i tried to let it go for a little bit so i'm i don't think i'll ever have a moment where i'm not creating music anymore in my life so you was it over the pandemic that you stepped away from music or before that uh yeah we we actually so oceano we were we were touring right before it and i, I mean it sucks to hear the stories but we got very lucky because we were f you know full swing we just we went on a smaller thing right before the holidays so it was a little under the radar we just wanted to get out you know and pick some bands to just do some fun shit with um so we just kind of stopped you know we we're like up oh, shutdowns risky let's just chill and, you know and we've been grinding since especially me since I before I could drink a beer so it was just nice to take a break but it really made me miss it and when it was felt like it was time to get back to it I I've been telling people I really enjoy the pandemic probably more than I should say publicly <laughs> <laughs> okay we can say that okay yeah, I was totally trying to have it because I was sure. just like I fucking love my god like you know I got two boys you know like I got wife you know like just being able to I taught both of them how to drive during the pandemic you know they're both wow. teenagers and you know just moments like that that at any other time while on tour I would have missed that like I would have missed that and I was very grateful to have this time you know like whether it was forced or not like you know just getting getting the chance to slow down life again and not be focused on the next thing or the whatever mm -hmm. like it was it was a good vibe I mean did you have that experience I, I did I leaned into maybe admittedly a little bit of disassociation a little bit of just sheer like fun psychotic um so i was actually doing a whole ass character uh, i was doing it before that all that but so i leaned into like being this character called black mario for pretty much black mario pretty much all of the pandemic lean okay. into it hard like my whole phone had just me as dressed in a mario suit bro so like i was there i don't know what the fuck i was doing but it, it gave me an escape like you said from music just just like you know just having that hammer beat on you know the expectancy to like you know pump out music do interviews it was just a nice escape and that's what i was doing and then eventually i was like 
I'm a music guy though. Let's get back to business. So we, we revamped what, what, what is black? It's <laughs> oh, on your site no. now. I gotta see what's black Mario. Where I killed it off. Is? Yeah. We I we I re did a full like rebrand and now we're more like a actually like a music music uh community channel and, and content. But um it was on yeah, Twitch. I was yeah, it was on Twitch and I, I kind of it bled into Instagram. So I was not trying to be Adam Promociano at all for all of that pandemic. I was taking <laughs> a hard vacation. <laughs> I mean, that must have been just kind of fun to like, you know, just step. Are you, is it like a wrestling character? Like where you got a different voice and you've got a different, like. <laughs> it was influenced definitely by like uh, the streamer, Dr. Disrespect and old school WCW, WWF wrestling persona. It's just bigger than yourself, if that's even possible. And just, just 100 to 1000, if you can, the whole time. And I laugh you, at it now. And what, you, yeah. and what do you talk about? Like as the kid, it was all, all gaming. So I was just all about games. Like I used okay. to have a, like a, a huge collection of games. So we just really immersed in games. So it was a nice escape from music. Okay. Uh, but we, so we like sprinkled old, like in old, like old school games. Yeah. A lot of okay. retro and Nintendo based stuff. I've always just grown up liking Nintendo and just tech in general. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty it, cool. It was, yeah. It was, it's, it's fun now. Cause it's not what I do. So people are more surprised than when I was doing it. <laughs> did, did you gain a lot of new fans as black Mario that are now carrying over into Oceano? Uh, I don't know if they like the music per se, but I've definitely met a lot of people that were really surprised when it was like, I'm actually a metal musician. They're like, what? You know? <laughs> so I've definitely made a lot of friends in different areas um that i think i'll be friends with for quite a bit and i've had a few that have come and check out uh some of our shows that just didn't like metal so that's always a plus just you know crossing crossing worlds and experiencing new things right on when um when you do the uh when you do your vocal takes live you're doing them are you doing them live to the duet like, do you have a whole chain that's connected to your phone somehow? Or are you like recording the video and then you're putting it, putting it together with the duet? So what I do is I found my, my favorite way now is I'll just, I'll rip the audio and then put that in my DAW and then I'll live record my DAW into my, my program, which is OBS, which is what I use for like stream, but I just live record it basically. So I'm live tracking live recording and then i just throw that video back on uh once i get it if if i am collabing with someone but right, I, it's right. definitely it's just yeah i don't really like i feel like the only way to do it when you're on like these type of platforms just just raw as if you were at a concert just right. just go the, the, right. you know the, all the, the the fuck ups let them be there it's just like live yeah that's rad that's fucking awesome that you can do right. that yeah i dug it i mean your fucking voice is just completely brutal like it's so fucking brutal well, sir, I wanted to bring this up to you. Uh, when <laughs> a little uh, diversion, um, I learned a little bit from you along the years. So, oh, uh, yeah, um, I actually, I actually would come out to uh, exhale the vial for my backyard wrestling federation. No I got, shit! Wow. Yeah, yeah. In high school, I got, I got all my friends into into Machine Head. They, they were, they were definitely like Slipknot, you know. And then back in the day, but. I did a lot of uh, searching through like LimeWire and Napster for just new sounds. And I discovered metal that way. And I, you were, you were one of the bands that came up like first and I was just wow. like, that's bad. <laughs> I love that you came out to exhale the vial. Yeah. <laughs> for your backyard. Really. Tell me about your backyard wrestling. You talk about that a lot. 
yeah, I I definitely feel in a, in a like you had the ring, ride. you had the ring and everything. Yeah, I, I meet met a lot of cool friends and stuff. We um we just, I just when I moved to the to the suburbs, basically I got into metal and I got I was all I got into wrestling and had a lot of friends that seemed to be into it too. So we we started a wrestling fed. It was pretty much all metal metal fans, it's oddly. Um yeah, we all were just metal kids that just were beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> uh and it's it's some of my most fond memories really even with all the the cuts and hiding scars from my mom uh, you know and getting expelled from school for gashes on my head all of it it's it was just cool why why would you get expelled expelled for gashes on your head oh gosh um so if anyone is familiar this is going to sound very demented i'm a very all-in type type of guy so um but at that time um so when we were doing it, we we went all in. We were trying to mimic wrestling to a T. So, you know, like they blade themselves. So, right, right. Um, yeah. So, God, my mom's going to hear this. She's like, what the fuck, Adam? Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> I was I was bla- I was one of the heavy bladers in our squad because I, I I'm a fucking psycho. I just go all in. So uh, all my matches had blood because I thought that was fucking awesome. And I had them crazy. We just did crazy matches, fire, thumbtacks, blood. Oh, we were, shit. We were reckless and I would not do it now, but I don't regret a thing. <laughs> and you're doing this in your parents' backyard. Yeah. I don't know how that happened somehow. Like we kept that side of it. They just thought we were like play fighting, you know, but somehow we timed the really crazy shit when they just weren't watching. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty, dude, that's pretty impressive. Like that you can get away with all of that in the backyard. Yeah. I think when you're, when you're cautious, like I'm very like cautious of who's watching. And so you'd have to do certain things quick, you know, and just like, don't talk about it. It's on film. We're good. So you roll into school with like gashes on your forehead and they're just like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. I would hide them. I would like, uh, if anyone's familiar with the wrestler, like new Jack, someone like him, he had tons of scars on his head, you know? And so I would just, I would hide it. I'd wear like a bandana or like a shirt sleeve, you know, and cover it up. So I had to take it off at school and they're like, take it off and take it off. And they're like, what is that? You know, they're probably worried. I'm getting my ass beat at home. That wasn't the case. You know, I'm just like, but I, I couldn't tell them what I was doing actually. So I was just like, I just went with the act. I was like, it happened in a match you know and then they found out who i was in the match with so we both got in trouble and sent down and he actually was hiding scars too <laughs> it was this whole thing my mom knew about it like the, the scar part and i got sent home i didn't actually tell her why i just we just we went with the act you know we were just we it was us in the match we both took the rep instead of you know outsing our whole operation so to speak <laughs> how many how many people were in, in the in the fed um i think like we had a lot, probably like 15 that were consistent, okay. but we, we had a good list of in and outs and some that weren't, some that weren't really athletic. We would, I would get them to do like, you know, like the manager role or, or something okay. like that, or play like the TM. So it was really inclusive. I've tried to have fun with anyone that was a fan of, you know, wrestling and music, just everyone's welcome. So it was our own little community. Did you have like bikini chicks who came out and like <laughs> between the rounds or anything? <laughs> no, I, I'm surprised. No, no one tried to get their like partners or anybody to do anything like that. I'm surprised that wasn't that wasn't ever, ever involved in it. But no, good thing you didn't. We didn't talk earlier because I probably would be trying to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, good stuff, man. You guys, uh, you guys got some new stuff coming up, right? 
like you got the new record you're working on and yeah uh we're in a matter of like two days it went from we're gonna take it slow and see how things roll into the next year maybe an even clearer year uh to oh we're we're going full force so we have we just announced a tour it's it's more in my eyes something to acknowledge the fact that we were gone for maybe a little longer than even we would have thought we would be and uh just get get the excitement back but pretty much in my head right after we do those dates we have like nine to ten dates and some festivals then we go into the good stuff and i don't want to spoil that but the full thing that everyone's been asking for is 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 definitely coming new music i have a lot of singles i want to drop the full thing we're gonna really reward everyone who's waited for us this long awesome man awesome yeah are you guys still gonna be you guys was with sumerian before right yep that's still the case yeah still with them i'm i'm stoked to uh, get this one out uh, and you just got like didn't you guys just get a chicago show with lauren ashore yep they they were one of the big reasons why we came back full force is they they hit us up when we were at a point trying to figure it out they they asked if we wanted to play it was a home show we were thinking about doing some tours anyway it just it just worked too perfectly i had this shit literally written out this way in uh in a notebook right there that i had no idea what we'd be doing i put specific dates everything happened that way and i i'm just very grateful that it did happen that way that's awesome i mean that'll yeah. be a sick show lauren i mean lorna shore is just fucking killing it man like killing it yeah they're the, they're the hottest motherfuckers in the game right now it's nice it's nice to see it they're they've been homies of mine i've even worked for them just when i was going through some shit in life so they've been really good friends and they definitely deserve it because they've been through a lot of shit yeah and <laughs> dude just to have like you know just to come back with will who's the fucking i had him on the podcast he's the fucking nicest dude ever yeah it's super chill the fucking the success of to the hellfire i mean just it's crazy you know it's like a phenomenon trail trail the new trailblazers of deathcore <laughs> yeah 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 it and still like I guess they are considered deathcore, right? Like, mm -hmm. is that because to me, like, they've got so much black metal in them, and you know, like, there's it's such a different, you know, it's grooving, but fuck, it is fast. I mean, fast as fuck. I don't even yeah. know how the fuck the that drummer plays all that shit. <laughs> like, it's insane. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're right. It's it's almost sometimes feels like when bands start somewhere. They, they that that genre kind of follows them, but they might not really even identify with that anymore based on their sound. I feel that's where Lorna is. When you really listen to it, it's 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 something else now. <laughs> it, yeah. it has its roots there, but it's something yeah, else. Those They're breakdowns are deathcore for sure, but like the fucking other little melodic bits and the little classical symphony bits, like it's just it's wild stuff. I dig it. Man. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. Really cool. A huge thing for uh and you know it's kind of exciting to see a new band come out like that you know like and not that they're a new band but you know like it it seems like they're a new band you know like it came out of fucking nowhere and then it was just like bam like that shit was in my feed like a hundred times when I was, I was like what is going on with this fucking <laughs> it's all i'm seeing is fucking lorna shore like it just exploded <laughs> undeniable yeah um you know, I wanted to talk to you. I know that I know. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. 
It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. You guys talked that you guys toured with uh, Black Dahlia Murder back in the day, and the metal community has been reeling from the shocking, uh, you know, passing away of Trevor. And I was just wondering, like, what your experience touring with him, hanging with him, if you have any stories, you know, like, if, uh, you know, what Black Dahlia meant to you or anything like that. You know, I, wow. I, I got it. For me, it was, you know, I just had him on the podcast, like, four five months ago and and uh he was you know he really opened up about his depression you know like he really Mm. opened up about being uh he had been doing ketamine therapy and uh which was which sounded crazy to me because i've done ketamine you know back in like new york city with vision disorder (laughs) basically like it's horse tranquilizer (laughs) and like i just remember being paralyzed at a bar like i can't move but uh you know he said that it was helping him and you know, I just, you know, I don't know what you thought of it or like what happened if you guys, you know, how many times your paths crossed, but, you know, share some stories if you got some. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I've I've had a lot of people close to me uh, die in the last uh, up and leading up until touring. So um, one of my close friends, my stepdad and Trevor and all influential people. So I, it's rad that you asked that. And so thinking about Trevor, I definitely from all just I guess dealing with this already I I realized you know as far as for me I gotta fucking go and and do it in their honor so along the way you know it really was a saddening thing to hear about Trevor dying you know that's just another homie that's you know on the back and you got to do it bigger for them so um as far as Trevor I actually was recording something a cover of a Dahlia song a short little something um and it just it just felt so right uh, doing it knowing you know there's a full moon I, the song talks about the full moon i actually happened to pull out my black dahlia uh, zip up from the tour we did so trevor's a big influence for me because the moment i heard black dahlia murder which was uh the first album and hollowed i was just like that's got to be two guys that's got to be two people on the mic there's no way i just was set and when i realized it wasn't i was like that's how it's fucking done and i was from that moment on after i heard trevor's vocals like my biggest goal is to have range and also have um two distinct sounds that if you didn't look it could be two different people that was always something that trevor influenced along the way it's been a big big thing for me um his, his lyrics as well are amazing i was like he's in my opinion he's just you know as far as what he does he's an amazing storyteller and i think his his attention to the craft of lyricism blended with quality vocal performance is it's unmatched it's unmatched and it's something that i've always utilized as my goalpost for where i need to be with what i do yeah hell of a front man too right like yeah very uh very lovable <laughs> you know like he was yeah. a very lovable dude up there you know he, he i think he's seeing him perform and, and meeting him and that band as a whole even they make it again i think okay for like the younger generation to realize like you can like you can smile you can have fun while you're at a metal show like it's it's not all like 
that you know this is supposed to be fun we're supposed to interact we're supposed to talk engage each other he always broke that fourth wall i think and that's something i've i've been taking notes from his his approach the whole way through did you guys ever get completely shit-faced one night <laughs> uh we i've definitely drank him he's if you know his personality he's he as far as i remember he's always had people around him you know he's a he's a guy you wanted to hang around so it's all it was always man i tried to respect the fact that he's a guy that everyone wants to hang around with but we definitely did and one of my my most honored memories is uh the first time we toured with them on summer slaughter they made it a a, a fucking like get them on the bus after a show they're like get oceano on the bus get them on the bus and they couldn't nice. get us well get at them they were like oh i was like fuck like the Kings are asking for my presence. I must go there. And, you know, and you know what happens after that. So we hopped on the bus and, and raged and that, and the rest is history. I rem I'm pretty sure they were like, it's okay. You can be late. You know, like you're going to be late, but it's okay. Cause we're going to be late too. Cause we're partying. So let's go. <laughs> that's, that's rad. What's, yeah. what was there at drink of choice? Do you remember what you were drinking that night? Are you drinking whiskey? Are you drinking? Why do I, I have a feeling it was uh what um damn it's been so long everyone uh jameson yeah that sounds about yep. right there would be yeah these dudes right? jameson just you look around no no it's jameson that's what we're drinking <laughs> nice you have such a high voice I, for some reason i was expecting your voice to be like, whoa, whoa, dude. like <laughs> you're what's up man i don't even know what's how you get that low it's so fucking amazing man like it's fucking brutal uh, yeah, it's lows have always been something that I've obsessed over. I, I know a lot of people like them, but I, I'm more of a, a metal metalcore kid, I think okay. more than anything. So I always love the bands that would hit the lows and the bands that were hitting lows. I try and go lower. That was always my thing. I just was obsessed with that sound. I don't know why. And that became one of the things I like really focused on honing throughout the years. You know what uh, Brent Smith said when he reposted your thing that I thought was kind of mm -hmm. interesting. He said, great technique. Oh, yeah. And I was honor. like, I was like, I wonder. Yeah, I was like, I wonder what uh, like, do you have a technique? Is there a technique that you're is he seeing something like a vocal <laughs> like a vocal instructor would see that maybe like a regular dumb metalhead like me wouldn't? he might even have to tell me i i do i do recognize a few a few techniques um that might be a little different i don't i i've noticed i don't really rely so much i think a lot of vocalists coming up lately rely on a lot of like tongue placement to be lodged in a specific place um i've over the years through being in a deathcore band from the jump uh, and, and the other producers talking to me and really trying to like, I want it more audible. And I could never master that. And I started to realize there has to be a way to like do a lot of those sounds without keeping your tongue stationary so you can enunciate, you know, word differences and stuff. And I've just tried to focus on that because I feel to an extent I've gotten the lows down. Now we need to get them to be a little bit more audible, uh, just the same as like a mid range or a high would be. Uh, so I think for the, my lows at least uh i don't i don't need my tongue to stay where it's at per se it's definitely more limited because of that range but i it doesn't have to stay there to you know block any type of air or scoop or contort it's it's i can move my tongue like i'm talking it's just my mouth is more constricted because of the the technique to create that sound so that's one thing that i noticed and i've i've been focusing on lately cool cool yeah 
I know I talked to a couple of death metal singers and they're, they're like, I drink a lot of milk and eat a lot of cheese. And they do oh, something man. to like get the, <laughs> like the spit or the what I get. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just drink water. Really. Right. No, right. That's all I, I'm just like, I just want water. I get yeah. milk on stage. Sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah. They're like, no man, it gets like the extra spit or something. And I was like, okay. I, I could I, I could see you. I've definitely dabbled with the milk. Yeah, I, if anything, I, oh, okay. I, I, so that's yeah, not I, like an uncommon thing. No, I don't utilize it at all. I do like having lately honey and peanut butter. I like to have. It doesn't seem to throw me off if I get a little bit of that. Nice nutrients right. for a long recording sesh. You have know, got the peanut butter and it's just. Right. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it makes a little coat on you on your throat. I don't fucking right. know, man. Right. But you know, some tea and some mil- some not some milk, some uh, some peanut butter, some honey. Okay. When you're when you're live, though, you're just drinking water. Use just water. I don't even like drinking water during my set. Okay. I don't like the. I don't like the. Maybe I'm just weird and superstitious. I feel like that temperature change unless it's really warm. Okay. Like you know how sometimes those the sta- a stage water can be a little more room temp, lukewarm but you're all fucking hot. I don't like that shock of drinking like cool water. So I usually right. just don't bother unless it's absolutely necessary. Do you ever drink alcohol on stage? Oh boy. Uh, definitely hella uh, copious amounts before in the past. Uh, furthermore, probably not. I'm, I'm kind of growing into maybe like being a weirdo, having like a glass of wine before I go on stage, you know, just to just to chillax a little bit, but right, right. not the same as when I was younger. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. You, like you're getting into Eddie Vedder stage now where you just bring a bottle of wine on like, you're like, Oh, you just slowly sip your wine. He drinks like the bottle though. So he drinks it like a pirate, which I got to give him props for that. I like that. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to do like a box of wine instead. <laughs> yeah, he's drinking like some pretty fancy wine. You could just drink yeah. like a box of cello. <laughs> Three dollar box. Might be my thing. Yeah, but you know, you know, not a big drinker before you go on them. No, I, I used to be. Uh, yeah. Definitely, the this this pause has. Have you done, have you done any dates to this day? Is that is that Lorna Shore your first show? Yep, first oh, show. Okay. Your first at, show back, gotcha. Yeah. Since the pandemic, home state oh. and everything. Yeah, yeah, so. gotcha. Okay, well, that's yeah, coming so, up pretty soon, right? Yep, twenty uh, eighth of July, I believe, and then we do our own Chicago show for the start of our tour on the 29th. Yeah, so we don't we you we don't know if it, going forward in the future you'll be drinking on stage or not because we're we're only really referencing twenty nineteen at this point. Yeah, it, it, it'll definitely be less, but I do like this idea of at least having a bottle of wine or box of wine on deck. I do yeah. like that idea. Yeah. Do you get, do you guys smoke or nothing like nothing like that? Dude, I mean, it's, that's just me. Oh, my band, they're fucking absolute animals. Yeah. yeah. Like that's just me. <laughs> yeah. My van is, is full of like working class dudes that, oh, we're going on tour. It's time to fucking go on vacation. They get wild nice. i'm the guy that just tries to keep a little bit of sanity and keep it together go out and they can have fun and i'll join in every now and again that's how nice. we are nice yeah right on so they're smoking and drinking and raging yeah probably not the smoking definitely they're drinking i i'm an edible guy if okay. uh, i like that yeah instead of smoking on tour but i definitely am in that vibe more at this point in my life more wine some weed some edibles just right chilling. On. That's yeah. a good, that's a good place to be though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How, how old are you? If you don't mind. I me. am, I am a 35. 
Okay. Yeah. So that's a good, I, I remember getting into like, I never, I hated wine when I was like in my twenties. I was like wine <laughs> and granted you had, I'd never had a good glass of wine, you know, anything that cost more than like two buck Chuck or something. Oh. So I was like, <laughs> we used to drink this shit called Cisco that gets serves four. You know, it was like a bottle like this big. I know about Cisco. You know Cisco. <laughs> yeah. We used to drink Cisco. I was like, that's wine. But, uh, so <laughs> this I was like, is the nah. wine. Yeah. Like, no. And then, uh, and then my wife, she's just like, no, we need to have like this wine. Then we got like a fancy bottle of wine. I was like, oh, this is good. Like mellow buzz, totally different buzz. Right. Like Mm -hmm. higher quality, higher price sometimes does treat you right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, I don't know, for some reason I'm just more mellow and it is, it is almost like a weed high to me when I drink wine. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like, whereas like vodka or something makes me want to just rage run yeah. down the street run down the street <laughs> naked or something you know like yes 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 <laughs> exactly yeah i've i cannot tell the stories of what troubles good troubles i've gotten into why why like can't vodka. you tell the stories gosh <laughs> i'm uh yeah i'm just wild like vodka you just don't don't beautiful women if they come around me and they are eyeing me and you catch me on a fucking vodka you'll get me to do crazy things that's <laughs> you know i'm just yeah i go into like like oh i'm like simp mode you you got your eyes on me and you're trying to you're trying to hook up with me oh boy just throw a leash on me take me where you want me to go <laughs> oh shit i forgot i'm on tour <laughs> vodka is wild yeah, yeah. tequila is even worse like that 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 good tequila that shit's just worse it just makes you do bad bad choice things i i always find that when i drink the good tequila i'm i end up just walking into walls like i'm that like i'm unaware of where i like i'm just fuck i just hit a fucking wall like what the fuck uh, <laughs> yeah just del- del- delusional is that what it is it kind of mm-hmm. hits me that way okay <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm not a big whiskey fan i actually am are oddly. you are you yeah both just the road just a lot of a lot of touring musicians really just yeah. You know, before tour i didn't drink at all really and a lot of touring musicians both bottom of the shelf and top of the shelf whiskeys seem to just be the thing that the greats wanted to drink and i'm right. not gonna say no you know right right. <laughs> right so what's your what's your first uh who's the first great that you toured with that you drink whiskey with oh my gosh one of the one that just first that comes to my head trevor from um unearth uh, okay we played a show with them in i believe ohio and i didn't expect them to, to even know who the fuck we were and just the fact that he's like tell him to come down here i want to do a drink i was just like oh you know metalcore guy you know so that'll dude it's just i'm just so grateful to meet all these dudes and musicians and people that i look up to still because i'm just i'm just an internet metal kid you know since napster days so right right. that's just such an honor to just get a cheers of acknowledgement you know to just existing (laughs) that's one of my that's one of my favorites don't forget whiskey i wasn't even trying to drink we were on a bender that that weekend but that's something you don't say no to i'm not i'll just drink a a a sprite now fuck off i'm drinking whiskey (laughs) and those dudes rage hard like yeah and they're all i fucking love all those guys they're fucking you know ken and oh my god like they're fucking lunatics thankfully it was only it was only one of them at that time down there i'm sure i would have been walking on stage (laughs) 
Right, right. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. When is that? Is this is this like before you're signed when all that happens, or is this after your first record's out, like 2013 or? Something? Oh, that was um that specifically was actually a little bit in. It was it was just a cool circumstance where I think we got tossed on one of their shows, and so we we were already in the groove of it, and yeah, we were probably like four or five years in at that point. Okay, cool. Yeah, it, there's yeah. a lot of those moments that happen. It's cool. Like, you know, Suicide Signs is another big one. That that was when we first started, you know, when and Mitch was alive and stuff and having the same kind of thing. Just get them on the bus. And like, what? <laughs> we're going to show you our new album and you're going to get wasted with us. Nice. In. I'm in. <laughs> is Danny Kenny in the band at that point? Yeah, dude. Yes. I've Yeah, they've been really nice to us. Those dudes from the moment. They knew we were a band, which was very early and they've been really fucking awesome. So they're they're kings and I'm another band I just can't believe to consider being friends with in my lifetime. Yeah. Great guys. I mean, Mitch was such a fucking phenomenal front man. Like gold gold standard still, in my opinion, to this day, for if you're in a deathcore band, that's that's your you need to watch tapes of old suicide oh, yeah. signs. That's the dude you gotta beat, right? Yep, yep. And it's yeah. not going to be easy. No. I mean, and he was cute and all the girls liked him. And yeah. you know, he had the hair. and Yeah. You know, <laughs> he had the fucking stomp, the fucking one leg yeah. stomp. Like fucking anytime I see that stomp, I'm like, oh, you got that. You did that for Mitch. That's yeah. all good, though. You know, he was just such a I remember a couple of times we took those guys out like we toured with those guys like five times, like a lot of times. Like so we knew those guys, even when they had like their old bass player that always took acid. <laughs> and uh but those guys were uh, they go those guys are like great people great humans and i remember just like watching them you know they were always great as a band but just watching them kind of turn into you know like a fucking force of nature man like mm-hmm. a really just mitch especially like you know super like i just remember like like let me hear your voices no fuck that you need to give me some power give me you know like just like holy shit like, and, and people would people would be like ah, i'll give it back to you you know just to, it was exciting to watch man it was such a fucking sad fucking sad thing you know yeah they need to make an action figure of mitch if, right. i don't think they have they need to with the with the stomp action right. and all that stage <laughs> stomp action comes with stomp action yeah truly immortalizing that would be that would be sick that would be totally sick you guys you guys toured together i bet back in the day we did um so interesting we did a lot of shows with suicide science suicide science when mitch was in the band and then after that we did do some tours with suicide but we've always been connected uh mitch they the moment we met they were they went out of their way to make sure we were on their Chicago show, which is Oceano's home base. So they, they always, we always linked up in certain ways. Unfortunately, uh, we had to drop a tour. Uh, it was one of the last tours I think they did with Mitch in Europe. We had to drop that one, but that would have been it. I wish that I could have, we could have done it, but we never got to tour with them with, with Mitch and the band as far as I remember, but plenty of shows, festivals, all of that stuff, all that. And they've always- Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping 
dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Always recognized us, and that's always great. Uh, Eddie from Allshaw Parish. I think he's, you know, he had some big shoes to fill, and, you know, he's a great guy, man. Great singer, great dude. Smash is live, too. When we toured with them with him in, I was like, wow, he's got, he can, he can hit uh, something at least familiar to what Mitch, I think it was doing, but also Eddie's got his own thing too, his own vibe. So I feel like he does those old songs justice in my opinion. And totally. when he does his suicide silence, it's like, it's just, it's just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I was friends with him from the Allshaw Parish days. I love yeah. uh, mm-hmm. the second record, man. I was just fucking crazy about it. And it's yeah. so, you know, like stabbing the fucking, I'm brain farting because I've done seven hours of interviews today. So <laughs> stabbing to dissimulate. I can't even remember the wording of the, oh, of yeah. the songs either. But, you know, I might know what I'm talking about. But they were fucking, they were great, man. Such a yeah, good it's, yeah. a lot of It's cool that a lot of people still have very fond memories of All Show Parish. They, they, no one will let it go. That, that No one will accept that that band is gone. No one will say they're gone. And everyone's, right. even myself included, like, they're not gone. Just give it time. <laughs> Yeah, I I think that I still see Ben every once in a while. Ben Prince Prince merch for me, so like I'll talk oh yeah, about like what he's up to. Shout out to We Need Merch; they do a great job. I'm familiar with We Need Merch, definitely. Much love to them. Yeah, what um take me back to to growing up. You grow up in Chicago area. Is that where you grow up? Yeah, lots of the OG Chicago heads will be like, "Oceano's not from Chicago; they're from the burbs." But I am from Chicago. Um, so my family is from Chicago and um, eventually my mom moved into the burbs. Um, and so I was bouncing in and out of like Chicago or the burbs uh, pretty much as I grew up. Uh, so originally from Chicago and got into the burbs. I personally like the burbs more. And that's how I got into Oceano was through. What, what part of Chicago, like decent part, rough part? Um, so I lived in a, an area called Evergreen Park. You're frozen here for some reason. Am I frozen? Yeah. It's a oh, good, no. it's a good image to be frozen on, but. Oh gosh. Let me, um, try and re- reset. Is that okay? Cool. Killer. So yeah. Um, yeah, I grew up, I grew up in Chicago. Uh, it was a, it's a, it's a town called Evergreen Park. So that's where I grew up. I guess when I got into metal, when that whole process began moving out of Chicago, I moved to Evergreen Park and uh, it's right on the edge of Chicago. So um, that was the start of, I guess, suburb life for me. But it's 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 very really I could walk. I would go to like, you know, the, my my haircuts would be in Chicago, basically. Right. So it's right on the border of what you consider Chicago. I'd ride my bike downtown with friends all the time and stuff. So that's where I grew up for the most of my life through high school. But before that, uh, just bouncing all around in Chicago. I've actually lived in uh, Georgia for a bit when I was way younger, too. But originally, Chicago is my, my home base. Were, uh, were your parents together or were you kind of going back and forth between mom and dad? Yeah. So my mom moved to Georgia after my mom and dad got a divorce. And then, so I was bouncing back and forth. So I'd stay with my dad in Chicago, um, in like in areas like Hyde park. If anyone knows that area, uh, he lived like a- around like uh, the Lake shore and stuff. So, uh, bouncing between Georgia and Chicago for a bit, and then moving back to Chicago with my mom. And then when she remarried, that's when we got into Evergreen park. 
and uh that's when i started all the the craziness the music the, the all the all the chaos the the metal and the backyard wrestling the sports all that stuff kind of started there what was what was georgia like what part of georgia um i don't remember the areas like off the top i was so i was like probably pretty, pretty somewhere between seven and ten yeah but um it, they were right outside of atlanta um i, I know that for sure um i went to like a little bit of elementary school like probably two years three years of elementary school there so it was right outside of atlanta we'd go to underground atlanta all the time i remember that so we weren't far away from the city there's things going back there now on tour that i do recognize a little bit so i know that i wasn't too far from from downtown do you uh are you listening to music then are you like what are you into are you into like collecting stuff or like as a kid like what are you what's your what's your vibe what are you into yeah as a kid and even now i've always been like collecting things and uh i don't know why just always collecting things that i'm passionate about whether it be big or small so when i was younger and really finding myself and my personality and what i was into music i had a shit ton of cds like crazy amounts um that was a big pride of mine it's just being well well up to date on metal uh, especially oh, okay. at that time so yeah like, even in georgia like you were like up on metal and stuff oh in georgia no i didn't listen to music at all i don't i don't i just fucking went outside and ran around in the woods and oh shit okay fucking stole stole like nudie magazines from kroger and shit with my friends and <laughs> ding dong ditched and left shit on doorsteps like i was around like badass kids you know like i was just i was the one that was like not doing the things but i was part of it okay okay yeah you That's guys what were leaving shit bags on people's front doors hey they, they were creative <laughs> i had to applaud them for that these right. were new things for me i was just like a good kid you know coming from chicago <laughs> right you're just like wow you motherfuckers are <laughs> you're insane yeah i'm with it ding dong ditch ding yeah, dong bitch with a with a poop bag on the front porch they were just yeah they really were taking it to the next level <laughs> yeah classic i think they were mixing up the flaming poop bag with the ding dong ditch you know we're young so i think they're mixing those two up okay okay <laughs> and they yeah. just blended it together let's leave them a surprise not on fire because that's arson but just ring the doorbell no harm no foul right <laughs> what kind of foul <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's hilarious. I remember. I know, I know people don't think that's funny either, too. And I remember I, my dad always tells me this story. I don't remember this at all. But apparently when I was like two or three years old, I went and just took a shit on the neighbor's front porch as a two or three year old kid. I don't know why I did this. I have no zero recollection of it. But my dad was like the whole family was like, what the fuck? And like all super pissed. And like they're like, dude, what, you know, it's a fucking three years old. Like, Give him a break. <laughs> Yeah, we can't do that anymore, but I definitely would try. <laughs> you can't get away with it. You could just, you could identify as three years old. Yeah. It's like, I'm, look, I'm identifying as three years old. So, like, don't be mad at no, me. No, yeah, no harm. <laughs> <laughs> so, you go back to Chicago, and then that's when you start getting into what's, what's, what kind of metal do you start getting into? Is this like, is this like 2000? Is this like Slipknot? type of yep. like cold chamber you know like i don't know roadrunner stuff or something yeah when i if i can the best i can time it out was right when i got into middle school so what's that like sixth seventh grade right about yep, there yep. that's when i became exposed to uh a lot of things at once slipknot limp biscuit corn uh nine inch nails 
Godsmack, a lot of shit, just boom, 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 right. boom, boom, boom. Cause all these different kids, all these different people, it's my first friend group, you know, that I made and Slipknot stood out first. That's what initiated. I like metal. And from there, you know, my stepdad had a computer. That's when I got on like Napster, LimeWire, just finding anything I could from there. Oh, okay. that's when, yeah. So that's when like Killswitch, Machine Head, Hatebreed, Sepultura, on and on and on. That's where that all came from. Just getting, getting and you a good. Didn't, and you didn't listen to any music before that, huh? No, nah, I didn't. I didn't listen to rap. I do like rap and R&B now a lot, okay. um, but it's, it was just, that was seemed like the norm. And I'm just, I've always been kind of like against the grain. Okay. So. I was like, like your this mom, is extreme. Like your mom didn't listen to any of that or anything? She did, yeah. My mom listened to like uh I guess a lot of stuff. Definitely more like R and B. You know, when they had like a lot of the R and B like super groups, like the guy and gal, like R and B groups. Right. She listened to a lot of stuff like that. Um, so I do like that and grew up around that. And a lot of old school like Al Green with my grandma and all that stuff. So I do like it. I never found a true love for it until as I got older. But metal okay. was like the first thing that I was like this is my energy just fucking right. intense yeah that's rad yeah i did it's funny we i we kind of have a similar story in that sense and that i didn't get into metal until about that same age as well mm. or even rock until that same age because my parents were crazy into r&b like all oh, like shit chaka chan and earth wind and fire and the commodore yeah. and so like that's what i like all my early musical memories are like that like r&b funk type stuff and uh and then the happy beatles you know like my parents my dad wouldn't listen to the hippie beatles but he'd <laughs> listen to the happy beatles so it was like i want to hold your hand and you know that kind of shit yeah yeah and then like somewhere i don't know along the way my, one of my buddies played me uh, sergeant peppers and i was just like what is this i was like this is weird <laughs> and drugged out sounding you know different and yeah. it was kind of like and that was kind of the beginning of the end yeah, my gateway was Green Day on the radio oh, okay. at my grandma's. Cool. That that at least con looking back, that confirmed that I liked harder music. Like I heard that or something. It was it was uh the song I think it was Walking Contradiction. That shit was just like always on. I don't right. know why. Yeah, and it just I heard it multiple times and I was like, I like this. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Did you ever own any Green Day records? Did you like go pick up the record at some point? I never did. I don't know what my do was. It really was just until I got into metal where it really pushed me to get a little bit more hands-on with, you know, immersing in music for some reason. And I guess Slipknot being that first band to see, that that hit me, you know, like being a, just a kid that loved cartoons, weird, creative stuff. Just seeing that's like, oh, that's a sick band. You know, like they're right, doing right. something different. I'm here oh, for Oh, so that. you were into cartoons and stuff. Oh yeah, I'm into every anything that I think that I think is cool, which I think a lot of people will agree is cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I like cartoons growing up a lot. Um what was your what was your jams? Um all, all the uh like the old school X-Men on Fox Kids, uh Batman the animated series. And if you want like we don't count them as cartoons, but you know, the kids shows like Power Rangers, all the obscure stuff like Big Bad Beetleborg, Street Sharks, um I love cowboys and mumesa like i i know all about that shit because lots of it actually connects to video games too okay okay yeah right on mm -hmm. yeah that's rad so that's you were that's what that was like what your i was trying to think like it's at that young of an age you had to have been into something you know like yeah i was into everything i was okay i was in the i collected beanie babies for a bit i collected yo-yos i collected digitals digital pets everything that i've ever gotten into i've just 
fucking gone into it deeply um sometimes obsessively right, so right. it really had pokemon cards back in the day like right right yeah everything that like they wanted kids to get into i probably got into it a little bit and the pokemon i mean i swear to god like i didn't care about pokemon as when i was younger because it was i was kind of older by the time it came out but my mm -hmm. kids like i could just see the genius of why pokemon like my kids like they had to get them all and they you know even the song is like collect them all or catch them all or whatever it is yeah gotta they, catch they, them uh... all pokemon that the moment i remember watching the, yeah, that D, the vhs it was a v it was almost like a pokemon propaganda vhs that just got you up to date with everything and it just my friend was like you gotta come over we're gonna watch this and it was just like just dude that shit is like like dark magic or something whatever what they what they devised with that from the jump is just crazy it really it's it's fucking genius you know mm -hmm. like it's really something like bands could model themselves yeah because <laughs> the propaganda was the perfect word for it that you just yeah. said right there <laughs> yeah no that's cool so then you get into metal and you start or do you instantly like i want to be in a band or you just like i'm in i want to start going to shows or mm. yeah the, the the when i got into heavy music pretty quickly uh local local shows were a big part of it all just just didn't have any interest to be in a band i just knew i wanted to be there for the the, the experience so we me and my friends we were always going to local shows like every weekend and if it wasn't a local show then it was like a, a bigger show downtown uh i remember like skipping skipping school or ditching school early to go see ble bleeding through at the old bottom lounge in chicago oh, uh, I, I'm, I'm so grateful for when i got in like i saw avenge sevenfold before they blew the fuck up and we're on mtv like all those bands that you know are doing so so much crazy shit we were there i still have the tickets you know god forbid i've seen them with chimera and full-blown chaos oh, i shit. fucking yeah i i came That's in at a tour. very great time tour. I saw that. You did? Yeah, that was a good. Yeah. Show. that was a good tour. Oh, that was a good show. Yeah. yeah, that's when I came. We were just any show that came through with the money that we had at the time. We were trying to go there for all those bands. I remember Ozfest when you had that. When you had, I think, like God forbid, Bleeding Through, Walls of Jericho. All those bands were on it all at once. It was like the metalcore bands are finally breaking in, <laughs> and it was so cool to see that with all the bands that had established themselves. That was one of my favorite memories of just like wasting all my money on one day so worth it right i i love uh this is love this is murderous that yes. record is so goddamn heavy it's yeah so good they were such a cool band too like i just brandon chiapetti's sick yeah you can you can look you can look absolutely hard as fuck on stage and still be a little bummed about shit and sing about it and mm -hmm. and when you look like brandon chipetti ain't no one gonna say shit to you you can, <laughs> you can put all the eyeliner and eyeshadow on you want to yes <laughs> and you're like you're still badass <laughs> yeah that dude is tight that's another uh big vocal influence especially on the the stage presence side of it oh yeah so, awesome yeah Awesome. Yeah. He'd be, so, I was just texting with him the other day. He was, I sent him a misfits, this fucking thing I found on TikTok called misfits Mondays, which oh, just, right, it breaks down all these crazy backstories of the misfits. And he's a huge misfits fan. So I was like, dude, I thought of you when I saw this. That's sweet. <laughs> yeah, no, that's pretty rad. I didn't, I, I, I don't know if I ever would have put that together that that was an influence on you, but he was so fucking heavy, you know? Like, yep. so. Yeah. We got to tour with them twice. Oh, I don't yeah? know how, oh, yeah, on, on their comeback, come a couple of their comeback uh, shows. Um, 
Brandon actually for a bit was like whooping my ass in the shape. I was like training with him on tour. Right. And that guy is, that made me appreciate him and also what like real physical trainers do to both stay fit and also take people on that journey as well that, that want to. That was like the, the best shape I've ever been on tour for only like maybe three weeks of doing it. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Do I can see how he's so moved. He moves so much on stage. It's crazy. Do you have a, a workout routine that you do now? Um, before pandemic, I was, I was, uh, a just got garbage person. So no, <laughs> no, but, uh, I do have some things I'm very eager to do, uh, which I will integrate in the future. I'm big in the hiking now. Uh, okay. so I very much see myself just getting out, doing a, a good, a good, just fucking ass kicker of a hike and just hopping on stage and going to bed afterwards. <laughs> right on. Yeah. yeah. I know as you, as you get a little, you know, out of your twenties and you're still torn, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to go on a hike and then I'm going to play and then I'm sleep. <laughs> yeah. Like I could rage, but I don't want to rage. I want to just sleep. <laughs> or if anything, can we like rage here? I'm going to have like a blunt, I'm like hanging out the bunk and then you guys can party and we'll all kind of be parting our own way. <laughs> right. Tell me, um, when, uh, Lars Ulrich has a, a theory that, uh, the reason that people love the black album so much or master of puppets so much is that because they lost their virginity to that record. That so there's so many people, millions of people have lost their virginity to that their that record. Those oh, records, really? yes, you know, because they're some of the biggest records of all time. They continue. Right, that fucking record sells like seven thousand copies a week. Still, it's crazy. Still, right, it's, yeah, it's mind boggling. Was there what was the song or the band or was there a movie when you lose your virginity for the first time, or was it <laughs> silence? Honestly, it was silence because it was really, really uh, awkward. Okay. <laughs> it was it was one of it was one of those those cricket those cricket moments. Uh, I probably had maybe like some Queen playing in my head, you know, super amp sneaking out. Uh, you know, when my parents were gone. I think my my step grandma, if that's a thing, she was watching me. Dude, you're you're gonna I'm gonna get in so much trouble if my mom <laughs> listens to this. Uh, sneaking out, you know, first time like a fucking alley cat and just. It just was a, it just was a absolute, just, it was no good. It was just not say, I'm not saying that the sex was bad. I'm saying it just, it didn't really even happen. I don't know if I really even lost my virginity. <laughs> <laughs> CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. <laughs> it it was, all, yeah. It was an illusion. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind of just like, yeah, I think I really just tried to forget it and just let's just make the next one that and right, just keep right. pushing so forward. Is the, so is the next time, is there any music playing? Yeah, probably like saxophone music. Saxophone? What saxophone <laughs> yeah. music? You know, every like the sexy sax man like that. Like, I'm a kid. Uh, I'm, I'm young. I'm young. Like, uh, 
like what's the what's that player? Um, oh my god, I can't believe I'm fucking brain farting on his name. The old guy who does all the fucking. <laughs> the, ah, I'm thinking the Kenny G. Kenny G. That's my. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. Kenny G. Yeah. Is it exactly. Kenny G? Mm-hmm. Kenny Sultry G. You a romantic. Such a romantic. Yeah. Yeah. I try. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny G. I don't know if I've ever. I don't know if I've ever gotten down to Kenny G. <laughs> Maybe I should. In my try. in my head, yeah. In my head, I was. In your in your head, you were just like, "This is gonna be good." Yeah. This is going to make the night really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brent, Brent from, uh, Brent from shine down. He was on here and I asked him that same question. He lost his virginity to, um, I want to lick you up and down. <laughs> Isn't that the best? And I was like, you put that on. He's like, fuck yeah. I put that shit on. I was like, that was a good choice. I was like, I, why, why didn't I think of that at any point in my life? Cause that's the song right there wow yeah he's he's a freak huh i know <laughs> i know i was like that was like i think i put on like merciful fate or something you know? oh shit but i want to lick you up and down. i forget what the name of the song is but you know everybody knows that hook so yeah that's i, I didn't expect that one right right <laughs> so that's never been played at any point no okay. i've Deftones probably as far as heavy stuff I've I've become a, a fan and acceptor of at some point if you are a metal fan and you like sex Deftones will probably pop up on the playlist it probably will yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's some good that's some good the chicks like they hear Chino's voice and they're like ah. yeah he's moaning and you're like okay we can see some, where gonna yeah. go. some couples owe a lot a lot a lot to Chino that's probably sure. a lot Deftones. of babies made to it's it's all, it's kind of baby making music at it times. I didn't I I didn't get it at first, and then someone really just sat me down with it and really and really helped my perspective in many ways on it. And I was like, okay, I get it now. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. What what's your uh, what's your introduction to Deftones? Like what, like the first album or some of those early records? I've always been around it because. A lot of metal dudes love that band and they definitely deserve the respect and love they get. Um, I was just coming at a, at a weird point with my metal journey because mm -hmm. I was really looking for just aggressive all the time in every song. That's where I was. No singing, no nothing. And so as I eventually got opened up to more music and different styles of heavy music, that's when I started to open up more. A lot of, lot of dudes I've toured with you know, after a show, they want something heavy. I feel like they go to Deftones because they can, you can get some heavy, but you can also get lighter stuff. So I was exposed to it mostly just chilling in the van, a lot of people playing it and absorbing it over time. New albums would come out and everyone would be stoked on it, playing it. So Diamond Eyes was the first one I was like, all right. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I like it. I, I really understood it. I started, I was really looking for different types of heavy music too at that time. So that one really opened me up and there's a lot of heavy fucking songs Dude, on there too. That's that might be my favorite Deftones record. Yeah. Like that record is a all-time classic in their catalog in my opinion. Like it's top to bottom, like really fucking really good. Yeah. Gotten to listen to that that one especially a lot. A lot of people were stoked on that one. Right on, man. Um when do you get into so you get it. Your first band was called, I want to say it was called Otis. I don't know if I heard that right. Yeah. Or right. Okay. Oh, is that, yeah. am I saying that right? 
Yeah, you're right. It was okay. it's, it's spelled O. I don't know why they did it this way. It's it was like it was they did it. It was capital O, lowercase D. I, S. They did it. They did this weird spelling, and I don't know why they did it, but it, it was like it was you had to spell it that way. That was the thing. I don't know why, right. but yeah. So it's called Otis, and that was like I mean, it was really just me experimenting with what metal was experimenting with my voice and everything first just really the first time i've never been in a band at all uh never and does so, somebody does somebody see something in you and go hey you should sing for my band or, <laughs> or do you go i'm gonna be a singer now i i loved doing like singing to music as just a casual thing uh, no investment and i happened to have a voicemail and it was me screaming on it just just because and okay. so yeah and so my friend was coming over to my birthday going away party for college and that was the moment she's like uh you need to be in my bands you should try out and that's all he left he was supposed to call about times and coming over and he's just like you need to be in my band uh and then i was like wait but what about the party bro <laughs> so that was like the that was the first of it, it was really just that he, he heard my voice and they needed a vocalist and they wanted to try me out went over tried out that was it wow <laughs> yeah what yeah because you had like a you got like a wrestling scholarship or something right like you were going to like all through so in high school you're doing backyard wrestling as well as wrestling wrestling for yeah high school team yeah yeah i was i was doing pretty good with that i mean you haven't uh, been doing really a fucking scholarship dude like that's killing it yeah um I don't know what the fuck my problem is. I gave it away for music, but <laughs> I don't regret it. Yeah, I was, I was, that was my plan was just, my mom had a deal with me actually that um, if I would just, if I'd finished college um, and it didn't necessarily matter, she wasn't particular, just finish college, get a degree and I can do the wrestling. And if I want to, after I get, I finish, then I, she'll pay for my wrestling training. So that was the, that was the deal. And so I actually pulled out from that deal because I just joined the band right before college and I, all i wanted to do was just go back home to jam play shows and stuff so i was just like it's time for something new and i just gave it up oh so you never went to college i did i did oh, okay, but um yeah. i gave up wrestling i still went for a while and okay. but i stopped i i actually declined uh for the scholarship and, and all that stuff i i was i wrestled a few matches and i was training preseason. we did a few tournaments and stuff but i was just like i i want to do music and i just wow Stop. yeah and then your mom's furious with you i'm sure <laughs> like your yeah. mom is so mad at you because <laughs> you got a scholarship and you're like i'm gonna go do a death metal band or a yeah death metal. i never like you really made me think about it right now how as it, knowing now as an adult how probably that would you'd look at that like what are you doing you had it all you know but yeah she was she wasn't as pissed as i would have expected okay but i think she just she knew through all the things i have been doing in my my life if i'm obsessed with it and that shows i'm not gonna do anything but at least tr work hard to get it to a point where you know i'm safe i'm safe i'm comfortable and i can survive you know and, and keep going from there sky's the limit so it was more more to me a pivot than than giving up something that would have been my life it was more just a pivot into something else were you was that you're already in oceano at that point or is this still in uh this yeah this is still local local yeah. band otis and i had another band eyes of a killer that's that was the shift and then 
after that, I don't know, crumbled, I guess. Um, then that's when Oceano came into the picture. So I was in a sense a free agent, already not doing college anymore, you know, uh, just working a job and then going to shows and making friends. And I made same same kind of thing. Hey, we need a vocalist. We like what you're doing. Come try out. Same same situation again with Oceano. Had you guys played shows together, Oceano and Otis Rise of a Killer? Yeah, I think I think I did get Oceano on one show. I I was kind of the person to bring Oceano. They were like a Northwest Burb band. That's what they I don't know what you call it. Northwest Burbs of Chicago. They were up there. I was South Side. So Oceano was doing their own thing up, up north and I found out about them somehow and I was like, all right, this is sick. And so we got them down and we started to integrate Oceano and a lot of the Northern Chicago bands into the South side scene. And that's how we created this, um, this just like this huge scene of people that everyone knew each other for a long time because of that, just getting some of those North bands to come down and they hooked us up with shows to come up. And then I joined Oceano being like a South side scene kid that just like, that was when it all just kind of blended. It was really cool, really cool. Um, when you start playing, when you play your first show, do, do you have funny memories of it? Like, are you, does it just go by in a blur? Are you like totally nervous? Do you, do you forget all your lyrics? Do you have any of those like first show experiences like where you're not, you know, First show with Oceano is no very... with that uh, with back with Otis. Oh gosh, the first show of my local ever, yeah. ever, yes. ever. The first, oh ever yeah, show. yeah. I was super nervous for that because people already knew people knew me. You know, I was a kid going to shows in the pits and stuff. So that was even scarier because it's like, oh boy, if I if if I really blow this, then they're gonna let me know, <laughs> or they're just gonna walk out. Right. This is just this is just a coffee house, really. You know, they could just go and get a glass of water and it wouldn't look like anything. Right. So I was very, very nervous. Uh, but thankfully it was nice to come and start it off with a band that didn't take themselves really seriously at all. You know, so we were serious musicians, but as far as the band's presence and what we were doing on stage, we didn't take ourselves seriously. So I was probably the most serious person on stage when I joined the band, <laughs> okay. but everyone played, you know, everyone played great. We had a drummer that was in a, like a grindcore thrash band. So, you know, we had good musicians uh, across the board from different styles. So, but very light, lighthearted uh, entry into live performance for me. Oceano though, Oceano has already been going and had another singer, right? at that point yeah when, uh, when you join yeah yeah they had their bassist they were they were in like a transition period of they had a, a, a drummer and a, a vocalist but it was almost like they were just they were just shifting things so they they moved their bassist to vocals wasn't working out and uh, at the time their guitars our guitarist jeremy uh he we just were talking and friends and he asked me to try out because uh, they wanted to I guess get someone who could handle it better and do what they wanted, which is surely was going more into that like death metal influence of, of uh, stuff. Cause they were really, they weren't really, a, Oceano was no matter what anyone thinks, no offense to the old guys, if they're listening, Oceano was not a serious band until I think the point when um, Jeremy, uh, the, mem the OG member got myself, another dude, Andy, eventually we changed drummers. You know, when we released our first album, that was like the first go of Oceano being like, we're serious. You know, we were doing regional, regional tours before the album came out. We were taking it very seriously at that point. So it was a lot of rebuilding when I joined the band. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those must have been good times, you know, like you're doing your first, your first tours, your first, you know, craziness. And I'm sure you're playing to 50 people on some nights and maybe other shows are like two or 300 people. And you're yeah. like, that shit ever. It's yeah. either way. I still, I still very much try in my best to always remember and appreciate the big and the small shows because some of the best shows one of my favorite shows is the fact we play like five people and that's including girlfriends and uh <laughs> and the bands so it's mostly bands and girlfriends and we got paid in a case of pbr the, the venue the promoter ditched out because the show did that bad and i was still grateful because at least we got beer to make the sting hurt a little less <laughs> and you know sometimes man like Sometimes, like, is if those fifty people are up for it, like, it can be like one of the best shows you've ever played. Yeah. Like, if they're just out of their minds, like, it don't matter. Like, it's still fun. Yeah, you know, yeah, and those... or you can play to five thousand people that literally just stare at you for the entire time, and it fucking <laughs> sucks. <laughs> like, yeah, because they don't fucking. There's nothing to get from them. Yeah, it seems it feels like, like the less the smaller shows sometimes. Like, hey, we're both here. Let's make this even more fun for the people that didn't come. <laughs> so they they regret it even more <laughs> i gotta say it's pretty good of a, it's pretty open-minded of a bunch of three white boys to bring in a black deathcore singer I yeah like i don't that. i don't know what the fuck they're i don't know <laughs> i don't know what anyone's was doing <laughs> myself included <laughs> yeah i mean that's like very open-minded and you know right on for those people for doing that was there any kind of like weirdness at all in fact i mean like was it was that no. discussed or anything or not uh, not really at all no like really the only people that ever have made it an issue are those few fans that point it out or make a, a shot at it you know take a shot at it for some reason but I don't know if I'm either sheltered or well protected within my my circles in the metal scene but it's never it's never been that that much of a thing i and you know i'm sure it, I, i'm sure i've been shielded you know with my bandmates but it's never been a thing not really to the degree that i would have expected you know before i really knew what it was like to be in a band yeah that's awesome that's yeah a lot I mean, of rad lot of rad people yeah i mean granted i think bands like god forbid definitely paved the way yeah uh, like for you know like having all only one white guy <laughs> yeah I, yeah one of my favorite bands my favorite bands i'm stoked they're coming back at least for one show hopefully yeah more. yeah totally doc and all that yeah yeah byron's yeah byron, i would imagine maybe even byron's probably a little bit of an influence on you right yes oh yeah uh god forbid and the <laughs> moment howard joined kill switch for right. sure right but yeah those were that was big yeah when howard joined kill switch that was like a big that was a big deal because everybody was like, holy fuck, that got a <laughs> fucking voice. Like, what in the fucking hell is good? I mean, I yeah. love Jesse and I love Jesse. Mm -hmm. Now, Jesse's just got this desperation, you know, like that's just like, you know, you could feel this visceral thing that Howard was like, wow, like that's some that's some different shit right there. Yeah, they, I came in the kill switch with with Jesse and then I didn't even know that Howard was in the band. I thought it was just the same vocalist or something changed, but not that noticeable and then i saw them on ozfest and i was like wait what you know i was like oh shit <laughs> that changed that changed it all for me <laughs> yeah yeah no and he's a great have you met him no 
I, no. I'm very patient. It, I'm sure that the universe will have it happen when it's ready to. Maybe when I'm a little bit less of a fanboy, like now, because I would have just been like, oh my God, let me tell you everything. This is your why I'm here. You know, like now I'm there chill. I'd be like, yeah, let's have some wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, I got some yeah. edibles. Yeah, I got some edibles. It was very hard. The same with with Doc from God forbid, like being on his show, talking, meeting him in person, like that. Even is the same thing. I'm just like, chill out, bro. Like, they're just like you, literally. <laughs> yeah, Doc's the best. Doc's great, man. We took those yeah. guys out on like three or four tours, man. We got him in Dallas and him and his brother. You know, like such such a great band. Great yeah. dudes. Really fucking funny, man. Like just genuinely funny fucking dudes you know that's always nice to be around especially on the road good vibe to be around you know like came from a cool like hardcore scene and you know like knew all the they knew all they knew their shit yeah i remember i've seen some uh but before i got to see them i remember finding god forbid videos from like shows of them in like jersey and stuff uh on limewire and that's how deep me and my friends used to go with shit and like that's what I, yeah like yeah, just killer. random videos from, from live shows and shit and just chaos <laughs> that's i love to hear that i love to hear that you got into all that stuff you know like when i when i first got into thrash like that was very much the same way like my i had a friend who was a tape trader so we had like you know bootlegs and fucking demos and imports from all over the world and we just dug into it man like just went so <laughs> deep into i had rain and blood uh oh i lost you again Oops, sorry there you go i had rain and blood three months before it came out still had the hi-hat count at the beginning of every song oh really like, yeah like we were just Whoa. we were just so we had a little connection of just getting shit and it was just it was cool i mean to like hear songs on a bootleg before it ever got put out on a record months before maybe you know, yeah. and, then it, and then it went into video and then, we, then it was like we were watching videos of this kind of shit, you know, so I like it's fun to be a part of that journey when you starting out with a band from the early, early days and just seeing them mature and grow and change and stuff. Right, right. No, I'm excited for the next chapter that you got, man. You know, thanks. I really I'm, am. I'm, yeah, thank you. I think you got, uh, you know, Samarian, I think will do a great job. You got Charlie doing press for you, which is amazing. So yes. That's, already killing it yeah yeah let me know when you've got uh stuff to promote and i'll just i'll mention it but i mean i guess we're too early here now right yeah yeah i mean i can definitely say i mean i've done a lot of stuff and hinted and given sneaks and sneak peeks to people that are the most i think uh dedicated to my band so i can say things um i i've uh, for the people that are not as close as maybe watching this i don't tell people stuff but yeah we're gonna be we're full force we're gonna we're gonna have an album coming out we're just you know we're, we're we got we like theatrics you know like that's fun for me so we definitely have music coming out people have seen me record all these songs on twitch i have they're up on my youtube i have some pre-pro recording sessions on there yeah um, I, was, so, I was watching some of that earlier that's yeah cool. so we're doing all that we're yeah, coming back full force. I love that you're just sure. kind of freestyling, like, you know, not even like words. You're just like that, that. I'm just trying to get like a pattern or a cadence or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, killer. I learned that from, I took that from a lot of, I was doing some stuff at studios with like mainstream producers and stuff. And okay. I, and I like that uh, working with them to create vocals, whether it's singing, screaming, whatever. A lot of times they would just try and come up with patterns first. 
And I've seen a lot of rappers do that too, where they want to come up with the patterns first. And when I started doing that, it just worked for me. Uh, I very much like really zesty, tasty patterns. And so I feel the words are the easier part because I've always like written poetry and shit. So the words are the easy part. The patterns are harder for me and takes more time. So I've started doing it reverse and it's worked really well. Awesome. Well, dude, best of luck with everything, man. Thank you. It's been awesome talking to you. I've had a blast. And I can't wait to see more of your absolutely crushing Instagram reels come into my feed <laughs> and just fucking rip my face off. I'm definitely going to keep it up. That's yeah. for sure. So I mean, it you. seems like it's working, right? Like it's kind of like reconnecting in a way that maybe you even couldn't have, you know, three, four years ago. Yeah, I, I, def I definitely agree. I, I was uh, very, very happy keep it to myself doing my own thing and I realize above anything um anything I can do to to help and support my band and get and get the word out is is always great and I've always been that part in my band so this is like the new era of that rad rad well ladies and gentlemen there you have it Adam Warren from the mighty mighty Oceano here on no fucking regrets with Rob Flynn. That's hard. <laughs>